Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Today, we're going to jump in and learn a little bit more about what is going on inside our brains and our children's brains to maybe hopefully figure out these difficult kids we're living with. Now, I just feel like I need to remind you all that I am just a mom. And so when I'm going through this, I'm trying to figure it out because when I went to go seek out help from professionals, I didn't get any. I got looked at like I was a crazy person. I got kind of patted on the head like I was an idiot. And it wasn't very beneficial for me. So I decided to dive in myself. And I am going to have you all dive in with me. So one of the things that really interested me is right brain, left brain, and knowing which one you are and which one your child is. So the first thing I want to talk about, though, is that according to Harvard Health or health.harvard.edu, it says that sides of the brain are actually a myth. So if you go and look up this article written by Robert H. Schmerling in 2022, then you will find this article called Right Brain slash Left Brain, comma, right? question mark. (laughs) And he goes through and he talks about how, you know, this isn't really how it works. So I'm going to read this last paragraph of this article. And it says, if you've always thought of yourself as a numbers person or a creative sort, this area of research doesn't change anything. But it will probably inaccurate. It is probably inaccurate to link these traits to one side of your brain. We still don't know a lot about what determines individual personality, but it seems unlikely that it's solely the dominance of one side of the brain or the other. So as we go into this, we're just going to be like, okay, I get it, but we're still going to talk about it like it's a thing. Because what I really think it's doing, just from my point of view, is kind of categorizing people according to into two broad category categories. Oh my gosh, I can't talk today about their kind of behaviors. So you have typically a left brain, right brain, historical setup. So it says that the left brain people, people who are considered left brain tend to have pattern perception they tend to be detail oriented. They tend to be reality based. They're sequential, analytical, practical, cautious, rational, planned, stable, orderly, controlled, and logical. Right? My husband is one of those. <laughs> and then swap over to these right brain people and we have emotional intelligence. I say we because I'm, I'm right brain dominant. Social intelligence, holistic thinking, compassionate, imaginative, judgmental, perception, um, have high perception, have high judgment. It wasn't actually judgmental. It was just high judgment. Uh, Risk-taking, reasoning, creative synthesis, empathy, and intuition. Now, when I did my test, I was in my 20s, my early 20s, and I was in a class. And in this class, they did this test where they checked which side of the brain you tended to be on, which is essentially like a personality test. And I was 51% right brain, and 49% left brain. And which is hilarious, because I don't think anybody that knows me would categorize me on the left. So I thought that was really funny. So then I don't think anyone that knows my husband would ever 
think he was anywhere close to the right side of things. He's very calm. He's analytical. He's very practical. He's very rational. All of those things. So when you decide to go into this and dive into whether or not your child is left-brained or right-brained, it's kind of obvious, right? Like, you know which one your kid fits in automatically. And you might even have someone like me who, who clinically tests on both sides. But when you meet me socially, you're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, <laughs> for sure, this lady is running off of her emotions all the time. So when you're going through and you're learning about the brain, which I really encourage all of you to do, I encourage all of you guys to go in and see the different parts of the brain to be able to understand what part you might be dealing with. For example, let me explain. So you have your your frontal lobe and your frontal lobe is the part where my child who has reactive attachment disorder, who was neglected by her biological parents, and who also had um, in utero drug and alcohol exposure, her frontal lobe was severely impacted by those choices her parents made, her biological parents made. So your frontal lobe is for problem solving and your emotional traits. Your emotional regulation is right up there in that frontal lobe. So there are some autistic children who have a really hard time with this as well, where you just don't have the emotional regulation skills. You have your reasoning and your judgment in your frontal lobe. Your ability to speak is in your frontal lobe and your voluntary motor activity is in your frontal lobe. So a lot of the kids who have a lot of issues mentally, like our they cross over to physically because there's so much overlap going on in these parts of the brain. You have the parietal lobe, which is um, how you differentiate your left hand and your right hand. It's kind of right behind the frontal lobe. It's where you get your sensation. It's where you learn to read. It's how you orient your body and you know what parts of your body are. And if those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know that reactive attachment disorder, when it specifically relates to neglect, there are a lot of body orientation issues where they don't really know where they end and where the world begins because that's something that is learned from being held as a baby. And when you're not held as a baby, you don't learn those borders of yourself. And so there's a lot of issue Um, I think that's probably a higher sphere than they're talking about. They're probably talking about um, maybe hitting things, which happens a lot too. (laughs) They don't seem to know where they end and where the world begins. So there's a lot of injuries and a lot of just stuff going on that you're like, what? Like, how did you not think that was going to happen? But they, there's just that happens in the parietal lobe. Then you have the occipital lobe, which is at the bottom in the back. And that's where you have your vision and your color perception. You have your temporal lobes, which are kind of on the side. They're kind of the ones where when you're stressed out, you sort of rub right underneath them above your like ears, kind of. It goes back. And that's where you have your understanding of language, your behavior, your memory, and your hearing. 
which is really interesting that your speaking is in your frontal lobe and your understanding is in your temporal lobe. So that alone might be a really good way for you to understand why your child is like verbose and just nonstop talking and yet they are not taking anything in. That's because those are two totally different parts of your brain. So then you have your cerebellum, which is in the back underneath, tucked under by your brainstem. That's where you have your balance, your coordination, um, your fine muscle control. You'll find that a lot of kids that have issues with their brain have a lot of balance issues. Mine does not. But every time we go in and have her evaluated, they're like, whoa, she's really coordinated. (laughs) I think, yeah, like, that's crazy. (laughs) Because I think she has practiced moving and jumping so much that she's just incredible. But she is. She's just, I'll stop. She's coordinated. So then you have your brain stem, connects your brain to your spine, which actually then, you know, branches out through your whole body, including to your intestines, which have a huge impact on your neurological system. So when they say gut feeling or when they talk about the impact of your gut, that truly is a thing. There is a huge amount of neurological activity going on in that area. But your brain stem is responsible for breathing, body temperature, digestion, being alert or asleep and swallowing and things like that. So then you have these other parts of your brain that are really important to know. And I wish I was an expert on brains because I would love to know all this stuff. Maybe I'll have to just deep dive sometime and become more familiar. And I think it is best to have a basic understanding because when you look at your kid and your kid is being ridiculous, when you realize there is a factory inside their skull that is helping to operate them and you're like, oh, there's a problem with this part of the factory. That's why they're acting this way. And there's a problem with that part of the factory. And this part's overactive and that part's underactive. And you can start to see them as like an object, which sounds terrible. (laughs) You're like, see your child as an object. But what I mean is you can see them as a whole functioning factory instead of just like this kid's crazy and this kid doesn't do this and this kid should do this and you can see then instead where the operations are either overactive or underactive and it I think it's just so important to be able to know these things so some other critical parts of the brain is the thalamus the thalamus it helps with sensory and motor activity consciousness it's part of the Um, inner portion of your brain, you've got your cranial nerves, which is interesting, because they have 12 sets of cranial nerves that talk to your body. You have your cerebellum, which we talked about, but it also helps with spatial navigation that I wanted to address, where that can be a really big issue, like we talked about before, spatial navigation, um, knowing where you are in the room and where you fit around things. (laughs) That's kind of a big thing. But one of the things that you have is you have your pons. These are all close to your brainstem. You have your medulla oblongata, which is what has your heart going and your swallowing and your coughing and your sneezing, those those automatic things. You have your limbic system, which is under your cortex, which is your reward circuit and your dopamine. Oh my goodness. Any of you who have an ADHD child or 
even an ODG child, there is a huge limbic system issue in a lot of our children. There is where you also have your anticipation of pleasure, your fun, your eating, your love, your drugs, your committing crimes. Or if you heard my one on Christmas, you know, stealing an airhead and getting in trouble for it. Like when you're like thrilled, (laughs) that's where your dopamine is. It's in your limbic system. And you also in your limbic system have your hippocampus, which is your memory and your amygdala, which is where you process your emotions. There is a lot going on in that limbic system. And if your limbic system is out of whack, I mean, other people will be able to tell you better, but you will find that a lot of issues can happen because people are dopamine chasing, because they want that pleasure that comes from dopamine and they're willing to do stupid stuff in order to have that pleasure. This is a really big issue with people who get involved with drugs and sometimes alcohol is they are trying to have a dopamine release because they're chasing it. And unfortunately, as those of us who are adults know, is when you get into that dopamine and you're forcing it, it can further ruin your limbic system, which then causes immense hardship, heartache, and trouble. So Another part of your brain that's important to know about is your hypothalamus. It's the hormone that wakes you up and gets your adrenaline going. Now, when your adrenaline gets going, some of these kids just love that. So that is an important thing to know that it could be a hypothalamus issue when your child is like constantly doing these incredibly dangerous things and you're like, what? It could be an issue with that. You've got your pituitary gland. This is a huge, important gland. It controls your growth, your body temperature, pregnancy, childbirth. Those are pituitary issues. You've got your pineal gland, which controls sleep and circadian rhythms. So many of you are going to have kids who have really difficult sleep, terrible circadian rhythms, could be because this gland is affected. And the more you know, the more you'll be able to follow along when the doctors are kind of describing this to you. So I know that that has nothing really to do with left brain or right brain, but since we're talking about the brain, we're going to shove them all in together. So I hope that each of you just, you know, Google an article about the brain, Google an image about the brain, about a diagram, just be able to familiarize yourself so that you can understand that there are literal pieces going wrong inside your child's brain that could potentially be fixed, but also might not need to take so many things personally, which is really important when your child is super mean, (laughs) like some of us have children who are. So back into the left brain or right brain. One of the reasons I really wanted to learn this is because it actually can help you understand how your child learns. So if you have a left brain learner, They are probably more going to learn things through critical thinking, analytical thinking, maybe puzzles where they like lectures and they listen to people and what they say, where they can break down their tasks and they're list oriented. And you can find a way to be able to talk to your child in a way that your child understands. So they can really often enjoy those left brainers when they talk about things over and over and things are repeated. They usually like things that are orderly. 
And this is weird because I am so not this, but they enjoy working in groups. So sometimes when you can't get stuff in, you can bring everybody together and that will help teach your left brain learner. Well, if you have a right brain learner, (laughs) again, I laugh because I feel like I fit into this category. You're more all over the place. And one of the ways that they list it is as in organized chaos. A right brain learner likes organized chaos. They can be all over the place. They can multitask in a way that is not necessarily more efficient, but more effective for them to keep the information in. Usually they're more tactile. They like hands-on learning. They like diagrams, demonstrations, things that are colorful. They're really drawn into creativity it really just makes a huge difference in the way that they learn. So when you have someone that you're trying to teach a logical thing to, sometimes when you have a right brain person, you have to do it in a musical way or a visual way or an artistic way, and that you can really have them focus on imagination so that they can use their imagination to learn instead of just having the information lined up and factual, like an Excel spreadsheet, like the left brain learners. Now, I love this because they're like, sometimes they struggle with deadlines. (laughs) And I just thought, is there a right brain person out there that isn't ADHD? (laughs) Because it just really seems, it seems like it should be. So there's an old wives tale that says that most people use their right hand are left brained. And most people that use their left hand are right-brained. Now, this could be true because there is something that goes on in our brain where your body's neurological system crosses. So there is a huge correlation of actual nerve pathways that go from the right side of the brain to the left side of the body and the left side of the brain to the right side of the body. So that's why they're saying, hey, if I use my right hand, I am then left-brained. If I use my left hand, I am then right-brained, which is obnoxious because I am right-handed and I am right-brained. So one of the things that someone was saying, and I have no, this is something I learned when I was like 12, so I don't know who it was, but they said that if you are opposite of something. So then your body then has to take just an extra amount of work to translate. So I have a son who has, he writes with his left hand and he kicks with his right leg and he is a right brained person. So what they say is that if somebody is like that, then in order to use your legs, there's a weird cross patterning that has to happen in order for your brain to sort of catch up. And it just requires more energy. But What I imagine, since I'm a right brain imaginative person, is I think a lot of these kids don't have a very strong, a lot of these hard kids don't have a very strong neurological set. That's confusing. So what I am saying is I think their body does take a lot of time to interpret and to switch things around and it gets confused. So I think you end up with a lot of, say, ADHD people who are more in that right hemisphere, but they also write with their right hand, that it can cause them just that extra lag time in understanding. 
I used to go to class. And when the teacher is explaining it, I, I know what they're saying. But then I would have to go home and I would have to study it myself because I would have to walk through it or I couldn't do it again, which sounds fairly normal. But I couldn't have them explain it to me twice. They could explain it to me once and then I'd have to go figure it out on my own because my brain just could not keep up with that. I had to dive in by myself. But that was in mostly junior high and high school. When I got to college, I think things, I'd figured things out a little bit better. Anyway, so there is a study where they talk about ADHD being essentially a right hemisphere issue, which of course, when you look at those or when you hear about those things that are traits of right brain people, you're like, that's essentially ADHD. (laughs) I don't, I don't know anybody else that would classify it a different way. Now, this article is more um, scholastic based. It's not an incredibly easy article to read, but it's fine. So it's called Brain Lateralization and Self-Reported Symptoms of ADHD in a Population Sample of Adults, colon, a Dimensional Approach. And what they do is they go in and they talk about neural imaging and how they tended to see that there is an atypical right hemisphere structure that the smaller size of the right and frontal prefrontal cortex were found in subjects with ADHD. So they essentially through this long article and they go through all the little tests that they run. Essentially, they say there is a, there is some difference between right brain and ADHD. (laughs) right hemisphere and ADHD. There we go. So this is really interesting because when I go into my own head and I think about that cross body patterning where you have the, the right side of your brain nerves going to the left side of your body and how you learn those things as a baby when you crawl and you learn those things when you walk. And one thing you'll find as a mom that I had to learn the hard way is if when you go for a walk, you are constantly pushing a stroller you actually don't get the same kind of crossbody patterning you did when your arms would also swing with you. So it is incredibly helpful to have both sides of your brain communicate with each other. And this is also to me why ADHD has such a strong genetic component, because if it does have to do with the development of the brain, it would make sense that that was passed on in genetics to me. It also screams really loud to me that it is so critical that kids learn coping skills for their ADHD and not just have accommodations. Because even though you're like, oh, yes, of course, it's obviously a physical part of their body. It's obviously something that needs to be addressed. But it also means that this is something that they're just going to have and that they need to help function in the world and really push those parts of their brains for development or to be able to be okay, even though they have this limitation, rather than kind of babying it and maybe stunting that development. But of course, again, I'm not a professional. (laughs) I'm just a mom. This is just what comes up in my brain. So what was funny when I did this is I looked up, I just Googled, what is the opposite of ADHD? Because I was trying to see if there was a correlation between left brain and whatever would come out with that, right? Because ADHD tends to have right brain 
type of, of categories. So I was like, oh, maybe there's like OCD, right? Because wouldn't that seem like a left brain kind of opposite situation? But I found this thing called CDS and I'd never heard about it before. You can guarantee we're going to be deep diving into it because I think it's kind of fun. But it's called Cognitive Disengagement Syndrome. And it consists of, and I quote, prominent dreaminess, mental fogginess, hypoactivity, sluggishness, slow reaction time, staring frequently, inconsistent alertness, and slow working speed. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, but it is actually something different than inattentive ADHD. But it was kind of fascinating. I'd never heard of this before. I'd never really realized that while there's a bunch of us who talk really fast and who are like have our brains never stop, there's a whole group out there that have like their brains are not constantly going on ultra fast that they're just kind of just to live in there. And I hope they're happy. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's a happy place to be like a calm, wonderful place to be. That's what I imagine. But it's probably not true. Anyway, I thought that was fascinating. I thought I'd add that in here at the end. But I do hope that by being able to understand the brain and by being able to categorize your child into one side or the other, or even yourself, to be able to teach you and your children how best they learn will really help when you are trying to explain a concept to somebody who has ODD, or if you're trying to explain a math issue to somebody who has ADHD, to be able to see how they learn and to be able to utilize that in a way that can be beneficial to them. I think it's just a great approach. And I really hope it's helpful to any of you. And it makes me excited just thinking about it. That's the right brain in me. I just I just get really emotional and excited about these things. So I wish you the best and thank you so much for joining me.